Hello, Open Arms. It is so great to have you with us and so great to have the opportunity to speak to you today. I, I was able to take a few weeks off to rest and refresh, and I feel so excited for this next season, so excited to preach to you today. And, you know, just in prayer and preparation for this sermon, asking the Lord, what is it that you're both saying to me, saying to our church? And I really felt God say that we are ending a season, and with every end, there's an opportunity to enter into a new season. And really, for me as a pastor, and asking the question, well, God, what is it for, that you want to instruct us in and teach us in as we enter into a new season? He brought my attention to the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament, chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. If you want to turn with me there in your Bibles, on your phone, your iPad, whatever it is. And we see here that this portion of Scripture is at the very conclusion, in fact, the pinnacle of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. It is Jesus' words and his sermon to both his disciples and the crowds of people in the Bible, but also to us in chapters 5, 6, and 7, where he instructs us how to follow his way, how to live our lives according to the Word of God, according to the Kingdom of God, and then he concludes everything he's just taught us. In verse 24, he says these words. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. The Amplified Translation says this. It had been founded on the rock. Who is the rock? The rock here is Jesus. Jesus Christ. When our lives are founded on Jesus, they will not crumble and fall, but they will stand strong. In fact, the psalmist David, King David, he said this in Psalm chapter 18. He says, the Lord is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my fortress and my deliverer, my salvation and my stronghold. So here we have the, the good news. Those of us who put into practice the words of Jesus, we will be like a wise man and a wise woman who will have our lives founded on the rock. Then Jesus says these words in verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down. The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Today I want to speak to you on the title, Founded on the Rock. And my goal today, and my prayer today is both to encourage you to found your life on the rock that is Jesus Christ, but also to hear his words and put them into practice so that you will be like a wise man, so that you will be like a wise woman whose faith, whose life will not crumble and fall with the waves that come, the storm that blows against our house and life, but we will be standing strong because we're founded in Jesus. My goal today is that you will be stirred up in your faith. Maybe, maybe you've strayed. Maybe you've drifted. Maybe you've allowed your life to be so convoluted 
polluted with the world and everything that's around it and the narrative has gotten into your head that you've been living your life, being led by fear, I pray that you'll be led by faith and that you will be truly founded in Jesus. And Lord, I just want to thank you that you've given us your word. I want to thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit to direct us, to lead us, to be able to, to navigate through life circumstances and situations. And I pray, God, as we end a season and we enter into a new season, God, I pray that we would begin by being founded in you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, returning to church in these last few months has both been an incredible joy after spending so long just online, not being around people, but also at the same time, it's been quite difficult as a pastor as um, not only is the summer through the last 2,000 years and the trends of the church history that the summer is actually one of the most difficult seasons to, um, to be able to open up a church or have in church. But not only that, but the fact that we had 14 months of a lockdown of which the last nine months were some of the most dreary, dark, and wet weather followed by some of the greatest weather that Ireland has ever seen in its history. But after being speaking to pastors from all over Ireland and some parts of the world, they share the same story with me. And in fact, it has been my experience also that we are seeing less than half of the people return to church. Half of the people who call themselves a part of Open Arms, who call themselves a part of the local church, half of the people have not yet returned to church. Now, that does not mean in any way that half of the people have left the church. In fact, our community has not decreased. It has increased through online engagement and all the effort and work that we've put in in this last year and a half. Not only that, but by God's grace, our tithes and finances have been somewhat stable right throughout this entire pandemic. And I want to say thank you for those of you who continue to commit to being a part of our community, being a part of Open Arms. You continue to sow faithfully and generously into our church. We are blessed by you and we only get to do this as a church because of our people as we reach out to the lost, to the broken, so that they may find help and healing and be able to find a home. But, but the real thing that has been difficult as a pastor is not just to see people not return. And do you know what? There's been a, a myriad of reasons for people who've not yet returned to church. And I understand I get it because this has been an uncertain season. Some people are waiting until they get the vaccine. Some people are waiting until after summer, until the school starts. Some people, you know what, they've just gotten used to having Sunday mornings off and they're, they're really di- struggling to get out of that re- routine. Some people are traveling at the moment and going wrong. Some people are, are struggling with social anxiety or just fear in general. We understand it. We get it. And we know that we as a church, we will not just rebuild to where we are, but we will rebuild stronger. We will grow. We will reach more people than ever before. I am confident of that. But the thing that that grieves me and the thing that has both broken my heart and to the point where it has literally kept me up at night is, is to see and hear some people who have drifted away from Jesus, drifted away from his church community and from his word. But not only that, the one thing that truly breaks my heart, and I believe it breaks the Lord's heart, is to see some people 
make the decision to completely walk away from Jesus. This is a decision that some have made for whatever circumstances, but I believe that we as a people, firstly, were called to pray on behalf of those who are struggling their faith, who may feel like they're drifting and straying, that they will fall madly in love with Jesus once again. But those who have either decided to walk away from Jesus and his church, or those who do not even know Jesus and struggling, that we as a people, that we would reach out, that we would encourage and love, not judge and criticize and condemn, but would be people of love with open arms to welcome people back in with the love and the grace of God. But what we've seen when the storm of COVID-19 and all that that it brought with it and all of the the trouble and the turmoil that it brought with it enraged against our, our homes, our lives, our workplaces, and every facet of our life, we've seen that some stood because their life and faith was founded in Jesus and some fell because their life and faith was founded on fragile, shallow sand. And when I say that some have crumbled or wavered or drifted or fell, I'm not talking about emotionally, physically, and healthily. Some of us are mentally. Some of us, no matter how strong we may be in the inside or outside, we are all you know, uh, vulnerable to, to these areas in our life, uh, experiencing struggles in it, but I'm primarily talking about our spiritual lives. In fact, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with his church, with others, and our relationship with his word. This storm has revealed for for all of us the true foundation beyond the surface. Some have had their, their, their lives built on sand, and others have had their lives built on the rock of Jesus and revealed that we've been founded in him. And when reading this story in Matthew 7, after hearing Jesus instruct us on in how to live a life, a, a fruitful life, a, a life that is strong and lived on the principles of both Jesus and the kingdom of God and God our Father, one thing that strikes me is that both houses experienced the same conditions. Both houses went through and experienced the same experiences, but only one stood and one sank. Why is that? We see that both houses representing a person have heard the words of Jesus. Both houses have been built at the same time. Both experience and go through the same storm and the wind and the waves that rages against them, but one stood and one sank. And the difference is, is that one put the words of Jesus into practice and the other chose not to act at all with the words that they received and that they heard. Externally, we see that the houses may have looked the same, but the structural and foundations, foundational differences is what determined the outcome of the storm that came against them. Have you ever asked yourself as you observe life and you observe others and maybe even yourself, why is it that some people go through the greatest tragedy, suffering, and pain and adversity, and they get through it. They get through it on the other side, seemingly being more joyous, more strong than ever before. Why is it then that others who go through the same set of experiences, the same set of struggles, they crumble and waver and fall? You know, every one of us, we all face adversity. 
If there's one thing that we can be certain of is life is hard. Life is difficult. Sometimes just to survive takes all of our energy and effort. You know, I just turned 34 in these last few weeks. And, you know, as you're turning a year older, you begin looking back at your life and all the things that have happened. And in these 34 years, I have experienced great immense pain, grief, struggle, trouble. And I've come to the conclusion that I need help. I've come to the conclusion that I am not strong enough. I need help in Jesus. I need help in others. I cannot live this life on my own. I will fail. I will waver. So what can I do? What can we do? Well, we can listen to what Jesus has said and we can build our lives on the rock. We can live our lives being founded on the rock that is Jesus. Well, how do we do this? This is what Jesus says. He says, hear these words of mine and put them into practice. Hear these words of mine and put them into practice. The Amplified Translation says, verse 24, like this. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, obeying them, is like a sensible, prudent, practical, and wise man who built his house upon the rock. The Living Bible says it like this, All who listen to my instruction and follow them are wise like a man or a woman who builds their house on solid rock. To hear or to listen is to consider what is being said so that one may understand and comprehend. Well, let's take a moment to pause and ask the question, well, what words is Jesus talking about in particular that we are to understand and comprehend? Well, what we've seen in chapter 5, Jesus begins what we have known now as the, the Sermon on the Mount. It is the greatest sermon that has ever been preached. It is words that are like gold to each of us and great wisdom and understanding and insight. In this sermon, Jesus addresses to us how to live according to the way. If we ask the question, how can we follow Jesus? How can we live a life in such a way that we are becoming more like him? He says these words like this, rather than an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth, if one is to slap you on the cheek, turn their face and give them the other cheek to slap. It says words like love your enemies, give to the needy. Talks about how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He says words like do not Store up for yourselves treasure on earth, but store your treasure in heaven, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters, therefore no one can serve both God and money. He says, do not worry about your life, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus talks about subjects such as murder, adultery, divorce, judging others. He, he teaches us how to come to God with our request, saying, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will be found. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And I want to ask the question, how many of us have heard some or nearly all of these words before? How many of us have read this by ourselves in black and white in Scripture? How many of us have heard these in sermons? How many of us have picked up these knowledge and, go, and nuggets of wisdom throughout our life? We could say nearly all of us. And Jesus continues in verse 24, he says, Hear these words, so that we may understand and comprehend them. And when you put them into practice, you are like a wise man who built his life on the rock. Now this is really, really important. For you do not become wise by hearing 
the words, you only become wise by putting them into practice. Therefore, you may say, yeah, I know all that. I've heard that before. I have all the knowledge. Yeah, but have you put it into practice? Have you applied it to your life? For a wise man is not one with great knowledge. A wise man or a wise woman is one who puts that knowledge into practice, who applies it, who lives by it, who, who, who lives by it every single day. We see to practice is defined is the actual ap- application or use of an idea, belief, or method. We see that when we put the words of Jesus into practice, the result is that we produce fruit in our lives. We begin to see change and transformation from the inside out. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But we see that fruitfulness or producing fruit in our lives only comes when we put the word of God into action. James 1 and 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, so you may deceive yourselves. Do what it says. The evidence of our faith can be seen by our fruit. The evidence of our faith can be seen by our fruit. We may say that we're faithful. We may live every day uh, doing a set of things that we think is going to make us be fruitful, but unless we put the words into practice, we will never experience the fruit of our faith. You see, when our foundation is exposed through the storms of life, which it has been and which it will be, our faith and our fruit will become evident. We're then able to see if we're, if we're just hearing the words and engaging in surface relationship with Jesus and his church and the word of God, or are we digging deeper? Are we establishing deep roots by putting the words into practice and building a strong foundation? You know, in this season, we're not only seeing the the role of church and community in people's lives for people cannot survive being isolated, alone, and abandoned, but we need others. We need other people. We need community. But what we are seeing within the Christian church is a, is a difference between two sets of groups, a distinct difference. We are seeing those who put his words into practice and those who pretend. The Word of God says that if you are to live a relationship with Jesus, which is in such a way is lukewarm, God says you'll be spit out from my mouth. We've come at a crossroads where people need to make a decision. Do I truly believe what I hear, what I read, what I experience, or am I just going to live this life pretending? Am I going to live with a surface relationship with Jesus, or am I going to live my life deep, founded in Him? We see that, you know, building a foundation isn't exactly exciting. <laughs> it's hard work. You know, no, no builder or no architect grows up from a child to an adult dreaming about building foundations. They dream about building masterpieces, the, the architecture and the building and how it would all piece together, how it formed together. But every builder, every architect knows that if you do not put the work, the effort, and the diligence into building the foundation, that masterpiece will crumble and fall by the very first storm that it will experience. Now Jesus, we see here is a man who walked the earth for 33 years. Jesus, his father, Joseph, was a carpenter. Many scholars believe, and looking at the historical uh, evidence of Jesus, would, would believe that Jesus, of being a first century Jewish male, he would have grown up either 
being with his dad as he was practicing carpentry or, or he would have somewhat of a knowledge of, of carpentry, whether that is having experienced a house being built or maybe just knowing how the house is being built. But Jesus knew the importance of the foundation of a house. He knew that you may have the most beautiful architecture, but if the foundation is weak, it will begin to crack and it will begin to fall apart. What he's saying here, just like a house is built on strong foundation, our lives need to be built on strong foundation. They may need to look good on the outside, but it's what is on the inside that matters. Now, we have seen this right throughout our life, every facet of life, every area of our lives. We have experienced relationships. We've experienced other people. We've experienced businesses, churches, that on the outside, everything looked good, but what was on the inside was a weak foundation. We've all experienced it. Marriages were built on strong passion, but there was no great intimacy, and therefore the marriage began to waver and ended up in divorce. We've all seen and heard of charismatic leaders with no accountability. They mess up through a moral failure and they are completely gone. We've all seen careers and businesses that were built on manipulation and lies and deceit. Eventually what happens is they fall into bankruptcy or their career falls apart altogether. We've seen friendships, maybe You've experienced this where they've been built on a good time. When the good times are going, everything is going well. But when the tough gets hard, the tough experience of our lives coming to fruition, those friendships and those relationships are nowhere to be seen. We see that our lives, our marriages, our businesses, our careers, our finances, our relationships, our churches, when they are built on a weak foundation, the result is that they will crumble and fall when the wind and the rain and the storms come our way. So what can we do? What can we do? Well, Jesus gives us the answer in this story, in this parable. And as Jesus was telling this story to the people who were first century Jews, they would have had heard this story many, many times for many, many years. In fact, it was a well-known story that was used by teachers of the day to teach people, to teach children. But there was really a, a distinct difference between the message that they were teaching and the message that Jesus was teaching. And they were teaching that if you were to be, have a, a wise man or a wise woman built on the rock, you have your foundation built on the rock, and the rock in which they were talking about was known as the Torah. The Torah is a set of rules and guidelines. It is, it is the law. And their message was... If you want to live a life that lasts and that's strong, you need to build your life on the law by what you do and how you do it. How many of us have heard this before? That somehow our lives are in our own hands, that we can be able to determine it by the good that we do and staying away from bad things and how we think and how we speak and all of these things that's somehow determined by what I do. And Jesus came with a difference. Jesus came to preach a new message and he replaces the Torah with his ways, his life. He says, if you want to build your house on the rock, if you want to build your life on the rock, if you want to be a wise man and a wise woman, follow me, follow my ways, put my words into practice, and then you will have stability 
and strength. Not by following a set of do's and don'ts, but by living according to the ways and the words of Jesus and being in a relationship with Jesus by hearing his words and putting them into practice. Then knowing that no matter how much you may mess up and fail, once you follow Jesus, once you are in relationship with Jesus, he will never fail you. Knowing that he loves you, that he's for you, that he is a, a calling on your life, that he's a plan and a purpose for your life. And so therefore, when the trouble and the tragedy comes, when the winds and the waves come your way, when the storms of life that you have experienced, that you will experience, when they come, when you're founded on Jesus, you will not waver, you will not crumble, you will not even fall away, but you'll be founded in Jesus. And though life may be falling around you, you're founded in Jesus. You're founded in Jesus. I've experienced this for myself so many times in life, but particularly recently, and there's only been two times in what has been 16 years in ministry, two times where I've wanted or thought of maybe giving up, just feeling emotionally, mentally exhausted, just feeling disillusioned by different things that have happened. And one of those times has been recently. I don't know about you, but maybe you felt like that. Maybe you felt the times like giving up. Maybe you felt so confused by what's happening. Maybe you felt such doubt about Jesus and faith and living according to this and, and church and community. It's just become so convoluted by everything that's going on around you. Maybe you've just felt like maybe I should make a change. I, in this place, struggling in this and just feeling just disheartened. I, like any wise man or woman, thought, you know what? I need help. I need others. So I can turn to Jesus and his word, but I can also turn to others who he's given in my life. And so I, I went to a confidant, someone who has spoken into my life over many, many years. And I went and I asked for help. I said, will you, will you help me? I'm struggling in this. And so over a period of hours, they asked me this question. And the question was this, what do you know? What do you know? Not what do you know in your head, but what do you know in your heart. And this question for me was to, to pull me back from the reality that I was experiencing. Pull me back from everything else, all of the confusion, and really get deep into my heart. And in this moment, as I pondered about what I know, I remembered God's word. I remembered God's voice. I remembered the promises that he's given me. I remembered the calling that it's placed on my life. And I, my answer was this, I know that I'm called. And I know what he has called me to. And I know why he has called me. It was like in that moment, the light bulb went off and the confidence rose within me and everything else just falls away because clarity came into my life and my mind because I, I have truly been founded in Jesus. And I was reminded of that. What I knew was that God has called me. I want to ask you a question. What do you know? Not what do you know about what maybe. The media has been speaking, maybe what you know about other friends who have been struggling, what you know maybe about what all that's been happening and the way that the world is going, but what do you know in your heart? What do you know about what God has said to you? Do you know that you're called? Do you know that you're chosen? Do you know that God loves you, that he's for you? Do you know that he's called you to be in a man 
and a woman after him, that he's called you to be a husband and a father. He's called you to be a wife and a mother. He's called you to be a friend. He's called you to be an encouragement for others. He's called you to be the one who makes a difference in this world. He calls you to be a teacher, a nurse, an engineer, whatever vocation, whatever career. He has called you. He's chosen you, and he's called you for such a time as this. He's called you for in this moment, in this time, not to be one who is living in woe is me, not to be one who is so down and disillusioned, to be one who rises up from the ashes, to be one who is strengthened and founded, not in yourself, not in your own gifting, not in your own talents and your own personality, but be founded in Jesus, to be called by his name, to be called by his word. Maybe you feel like giving up. Maybe you feel like walking away. Maybe you feel like one who is drifting and straving, straying and wavering. Will you come back to Jesus? Will you be founded in him once again? Do you know that he has called you? Go back to your foundation. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you tomorrow morning. Get up early. Bring out the, your Bible. Begin reading his word again. Begin getting back into prayer, to worship. Maybe your calling has become so messed up and unclear because of your focus has just been in different ways. Will you come back to just focusing again on him? And saying, God, would you reveal to me your calling for my life? Will you bring clarity to my mind? Will you bring clarity to my heart? And do that tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And as you again begin being founded in Jesus, founded in his word, founded in church and community, I guarantee you, you begin seeing change and transformation from the inside out. You see, what is key is not just hearing his words, but it's putting them in to practice. And I know maybe you're saying, I, I've been drifting. I've been falling away. I've been contemplating just giving all this up because it's not working. I want to ask you, will you give Give it one more opportunity. Give it one more chance to be founded on the rock that is Jesus. Maybe you've been a committed Christian for many, many years. Maybe you're like, you know what? I've been putting his words into practice. I'm still not seeing the fruit of it. I'm still not seeing change. I want to I challenge you. Keep going. Never give up. For the goal is not just to see fruit that is here today and gone tomorrow. The goal is to see long-lasting fruit that brings change and transformation, that does not just wither and die with the sun that scorches it, that the storms that come against it, but is long-lasting, that stands through everything that comes your way. I want to encourage you. You founded in Jesus. Hey, if you're with me today and just want to, let me take the opportunity. I want to pray for you and I want to give you the opportunity again to Live your life in such a way that you're allowing Jesus to become your foundation. You're allowing him to become the Lord of your life once again. Maybe you need to make a recommitment to him. Maybe, maybe you need to make that decision for the very first time. I wonder with me, you know, I know you maybe just close your eyes or just bow your head or in your heart. Would you just pray these words with me and then I just want to pray for you. And just to Jesus, I want to receive you. I want to receive the gift of eternal life. I want to experience change and transformation, not just for today, but for every day. Today I choose to follow you.
I believe that I am forgiven, that I am set free. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I want to pray for every single man and woman who's listening. God, I, I pray, Lord, that no matter what storm that they have faced and gone through, the great grief and pain, the scars that they, they bear, Lord, I pray that you will bring healing, you'll bring restoration, but God, most importantly, I, I pray that you will bring a new faith into their lives and a great love and desire and a hunger for you and for your word and for your church. Hey, we'd love to connect with you and we really want to be a community to you and to be a, a strength and encouragement to you. So if you've been impacted in any way or you're like, I, I want to get back in again, I encourage you, hey, come, come to church this next Sunday. Whether that's in Newbridge Kildare at 10.30 and 12.30, whether that's in, in South Dublin and Leopardstown, whether that's at 10 o'clock or 11.30, we'd love to see your face again. We know that this has been a trying time, but we would love to see you and help you. And maybe, maybe you're just going to continue to connect online, encourage you, you know, you can do that. That's why we provided this online location. But we'd love you to go to openarms.e forward slash connect. And there is a very simple and small form. We'd just love you to fill that out, your details, and you'll see a number of options that we've given. And we will contact you this week, whether through text or email. We'd love to connect with you this week. I pray for you as we enter back into worship. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.